Good morning. Pastor Tom here. I'm grateful to worship with you again this morning over the wires. As you can see, we are back inside here to, um, um, to, make, to acknowledge that um, Fulmer Lutheran Church is coming back inside starting this, this day. We are worshiping at 8.30 for, for here on out throughout the winter. So join us if you can. St. John's continues to uh, worship at 10.30 for the next two, um, for t- uh, this Sunday and the next two Sundays out at their pavilion area. So join us at 10.30 also. Fulmer continues to have um, its uh, Sunday school after worship. And that starts uh, within 15 minutes uh, after the conclusion of our worship service, which is around 9.45 when we would start. So join us there. And for St. John's, Sunday school starts at 9.15, 9.30 um, in the pavilion area before their worship service. And if you are able to, if you want to come to worship, but you're not comfortable yet to sit with everybody due to the COVID uh, crisis, Fulmer will continue to uh, broadcast its service over its uh, radio transmitter. So feel free to sit in your car in the drive, in the parking lot outside the building or down at the Grove, and you will be able to um, um, receive the uh, signal. Uh, either way, you're welcome to join us at any of the congregations or sit in your cars. Um, moving forward, Fulmer continues um, to uh, reach out to the um, community with the diaper bank. We continue. We will continue to do this throughout the winter or as long as the need is there. So we invite you to continue to support us, whether it's through cash donation or through diapers. Feel free to bring it on Sunday or drop it off at the parsonage during the rest of the week. St. John's continue to reach out to the community also with the food drive. And we will continue to do this also through the um, through this COVID, COVID crisis. So we also ask that you either bring food, uh, non-perishable food items to worship, or donate some cash, or uh, drop off the items at the parsonage during the week. All of this will go to um, the Central Food Bank. So thank you in advance for your continued support in all of that. Sadly, uh, in a couple of weeks, we normally have um, our parish hayride over at St. John's, but because of this um, pandemic, we have opted not to uh, do that this year, just in the uh, name of safety. So we look to continue to do that next year on Columbus Day weekend. So keep track of that um, on our Facebook pages, and you will certainly find out. Uh, St. John's continues uh, its tradition of celebrating Harvest Home and celebration, so feel free to join us on, on the Sunday before Columbus Day. And then on this, uh, in, for this coming week, we, we have a huge celebration, a milestone that we're celebrating with one of our members, Holda Ditzler. She is our oldest member in, um, in our parish, and she, on Wednesday she will turn 101 years old. So on behalf of the parish, the congregations, and everyone, we want to wish Holda Ditzler a wonderful birthday, and um, I hope I'm able to see her on Wednesday. I also want to wish Eric Sadison and Shirley Lazarus their respective birthdays, and I hope it is as fun as it is like it was a child when they had cakes and all the fun stuff that you would celebrate when you're a child. And so with that said, let us prepare our hearts and our minds now as we prepare to worship our Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. 
God of love, giver of life, you know our frailties and failings. Give us your grace to overcome them. Keep us from those things that harm us and guide us in the way of salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Today's first reading is from the book of Genesis, starting at verse, or chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness, and God called the night the light day, and he called the darkness, he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and then there was morning the second day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from John's Revelation, chapter 22, starting at verse 1. John writes, Then the angel showed me the river of life, of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no more light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's Gospel reading is from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself, but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor David, or Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. 
The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You know, our lives are filled with immense experiences with water, from the mundane experiences to the exceptional and to the spiritual. Water is very much an integral and key ingredient of our lives. And this is our third series, third in a series of our four-part series on the elements of God's creation. When I was in my first orphanage, one of the earliest memories I had is of the nuns who, after lathering me up with soap, lifted me into a pool of water despite my violent protests. I came to hate mornings and wished I didn't need to ever have a bath. The nun, though, while I flailed and floated in the pool, they stood poolside, chatting. But interestingly, through all the flailing and the commotion I was creating in the water, I was rinsed off. They were very smart, I think now, and somewhat lazy in the morning, those nuns, because they did because I had to do all the hard work. And then when I came to the United States, I grew up in Minnesota, and water was all around us. The state, as you probably know, is known as the land of 10,000 lakes. Every summer, my family and I always spent weeks at the family lake cabin in northern Minnesota. There, my family got up early enough to watch sun, the sunrise. I spent most afternoons after lunch swimming with my brother and paddled around on our boat. My dad and I fished most evenings while listening to the Twins games on our little transistor radio. And also each evening, as the sun was setting behind us, we watched the loons glide across the lake as they fished for their dinners. In many ways, it was a wonderful and idyllic time. When I was out on the boat with my dad, I had, the gr I had great personal time with him. We spoke of history, politics, and of course, baseball. I learned about gardening and his own life stories while we waited for the twins to belt out a home run or a fish to nibble. My brother and I were so different growing up that we rarely had intimate time together. But when we were at the cabin, we entertained ourselves and went swimming together. We spent those time talking about girls, of course, and our future. That lake somehow always made him very foresighted as he spoke of what he wanted to do when he graduated from college. He had grand dreams. I have brought back those, I have thought back on those days and have been struck by how much water played a role in my life and provided so much intimate moments with my family that I may not have realized until recently. The first time I came to understand water in the spiritual sense was when I asked to be baptized at 10 years old. There in the chancel of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in South Minneapolis, I was baptized by Pastor Hub Nelson along with my brother, my foster brother. At the beginning of the Holy Baptism Liturgy, Pastor Nelson recited the opening declaration of the baptism service. He says, In holy baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father liberates us from sin and death by joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word, liberate, meant the world to me at that time. Standing there with my foster brother and Pastor Hub and the rest of my foster family, I was still burdened by my orphanage past.
Although I had been removed from the orphanages of Vietnam and Saigon for two years by then, I still had to work through some of the trauma that I received and the emotional toll that was exacted upon me. And hearing those words made me want to live a life in the church because I found a home in an institution that allowed me to live according to how God made me. That was liberating. To be li- I understood that word and holy baptism to mean that I was liberated from my depth of despair and loneliness and, for, and I guess for all of us. And I heard that from our dark places and emptiness, the words of liberation, of baptism through water. To me, baptism was like swimming in a lake. Fred Buchner, one of my favorite modern theologians who just recently died, said, to swim in water is to be as weightless and untrammeled as in dreams. In other words, to be liberated from all that burdens us. Upon hearing the word water in the baptismal liturgy, I am always transported back into the Bible and recall all the times water is an integral part of the story. Water is at the first moments of creation in Genesis 1. It is the rivers that water the Garden of Eden in Genesis 2. It sustains life through the wells in the rest of Genesis, and it is the boundary for which Jacob had to contend with in the dark of night. It is with water that God starts anew with humanity in Genesis 9, and it is with water that Hagar and Ishmael got new life. Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Rachel met each other at wells, a source of water and life in an arid and dry Israel. Moses is saved from certain destruction when his wet nurse sends him down the river. Twice the former Hebrew slaves had to walk through water to get to the promised land, and they had to deal with drought and lack of water in their later dysfunctional relationships with God after their arrival into the promised land. Amos and Micah speak of justice as water streaming down on the earth. The psalmist says, My flesh faints for thee as in a dry and weary land where no water is. Jonah emerged as a more faithful prophet after spending some time in a watery tomb. In the Gospels, water is the source of miracles. Water comes into play at the baptism of Christ at the wedding at Cana, while Jesus talks with the women, uh, woman at the well, like in our gospel reading today, at the moment at the pool of Bethesda, and so on. When Jesus heals the blind man, he uses the water of his spit to create a paste that he smears on the blind man's eyes. It is Christ's effluence that spills out after he dies on the cross. In the New Testament, Water is all around Paul as he traverses the Mediterranean Sea, proclaiming the gospel. It is present with Mark and Barnabas as they preach in Rome and in other Roman enclaves. It is there at the end of the Bible in the description of New Jerusalem, like we read in our second reading. I am struck, though, at the end of Christ's life, a man of divinity, a man of godly power, the Son of Man, said as his earthly life slipped away, I thirst, a most human thing to say for one that is so divine. Of all the four elements of creation, it is arguable that water is the first and foremost important of the four elements of life and creation. Fire is about raw strength, 
Air and wind is about our spirit and God's spirit. And earth is about providing and giving. But water does all of that. It is our human element. Through water, we are brought closer to God through the spirit in the act of baptism. Water is the ultimate source of all life and the most effective manifestation manifestation of our Lord. Water will always be the source of anything that has breath. It will always be an integral aspect of our relationship between us and God. One could argue that water is the gluing agent that binds us mortals to Christ. In this crazy pandemic times, we've had to rely on God in ways we've never imagined. Our lives as we know it has been adversely affected, and for so many of us, we've had to live in a brave new world. The uncertainty, the scariness, the unpredictability, and the unknowable of the disease, COVID, has made all of us on edge, unsettled, and uncertain. I can't help but think of how we are like Christ as he hangs on the cross crying out, I thirst. While we are not hanging on crosses, we are having to deal with our own crosses right now. Some of us have lost our, our jobs. Some of us are struggling financially because of it and for other reasons. Some of us are losing control of our families and our lives or struggling to maintain any sense of normalcy in our lives. Schools are doing things differently now and trying different methods of teaching that are testing so many of our families. Churches are still struggling with how to safely worship, either outside or indoors. Everywhere we go, we're reminded of the silent potential killer in our midst, with signs that requires us to wear masks and to keep our distance. To all of this, we too might be saying, I thirst. We thirst for what we knew, for a life that made sense, for a world to spin as expected. We thirst for a previous day when kids were in the classrooms and churches worshipped in their naves, singing and praising with all their might. We thirst for grocery shopping and stopping to talk to a friend who we happened to see in the grocery aisles or to go out and eat with loved ones at a restaurant. We thirst. And while we thirst... I invite you to consider the story of Moses. At every moment when his life and his people's lives were in grave danger, he and his people were spared through an act with water. Moses, being born a Hebrew, was certain to face death in infancy, except that his mother or his wet nurse floated him down the Nile and into the care of the Pharaoh's daughter. When Moses and the Hebrew people were pinned between the advancing Pharaoh's chariots and the Red Sea, Moses and his people were delivered by God through the walls of water of the sea. When Moses and his people cried out in the desert that they thirst, God instructed Moses to tap his staff on the rocks and water gushed forth. The Jordan River provided renewed life for a formerly for a former group of slaves as they crossed the river on dry ground and into the promised land and into a new and free future. These moments are recounted in our baptismal liturgy as we recall how God continually provides us with the sustenance we need. 
Water is the great symbol of God's great commitment to his humanity and his love of his creation. It is easy for me to say to you that God is with us and walking with us, but through the stories of Moses and others in the Bible, we know it definitely. So please feel free at this time to feel frustrated, to feel angry and unsettled, discombobulated, or any other feelings that you may have at this time. But as you feel that and acknowledge it, I invite you also to also lean on Christ. Trust that we have a God who walks with us in Christ, a God who is still with us in the Holy Spirit. And if there is ever a time when we need to lean back on our baptismal promises, it is now. That promise is that God is with us. Remember his name, Emmanuel. And we, and that promise means that we are part of his family. We are with God and God walks with us in these times. Water reminds us of that. It also is the manifestation, the physical symbol of God's enduring love for us and his ever-present presence in our lives. So come to him with all your fears and lean on him through the promises of baptism and live by faith. Amen. Let us confess our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Drawn together in the compassion of God, we pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. In a world, in all the world, give your church unity. Inspire all the baptized with the mind of Christ. Where the church is powerful and where it struggles, shape us with humility and obedience so that we may love or that your love may be working in us. Your son took on all a bodily life in our world, even to death. Preserve and keep your creation, O God. Mend and redeem places that are polluted and damaged so that all of creation confesses you as Lord. Turn the nations toward life. Where our ways are unfair, give us new hearts and new spirits. Where sin permeates our cultures and institutions, change our minds and teach us to trust your authority. Our lives are yours, O God. Relieve the suffering of those who are ill in body, mind, or spirit. Defend the lives and welfare of children who are abused or neglected, hungry or exploited, bullied or lonely. We lift up to you, Lord, members of our parish who continues to struggle in various ways with their health. We especially lift up to you Eileen, Herman, Natalie, Rob, Bruce, Hulda, Ray, Roger, Wilbur, Linda, Randy, Bobby, and Letha, Kay, Arlene, Janine, 
Karen, Shirley, Bonnie, Edna, Thelma, Doc, Phyllis, Joanne, and Carol. Turn this congregation away from our own interests and toward the interests of others. Fill us with your compassion and sympathy. Bless ministries of care in our community, especially the United Way, Hands Up, Haven for Home, and our schools. Make us into signs of your mercy and justice for our neighbors. Thank you for those who have gone into the kingdom ahead of us. Tax collectors and prostitutes, likely and unlikely, obedient and slow to learn, by their witness, teach us to confess Jesus Christ as Lord in life and in death. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your mercy, through Christ our Lord. Amen. At this time, I'd like to remind you that the peace of the Lord is always with you. And no matter where you go, he is there. Again, thank you for all your continued support. This is where we tend to do the offering. And we, so, we thank you for your continued support, both in prayer, in financial means, and through your sweat. Your ministry to the church helps bring forth the various messages of the gospel to the world that is often in darkness. Let us pray the offertory prayer. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. You have set before us these gifts of your good creation. Prepare us for your heavenly banquet. Nourish us with this rich food and drink. Send us forth to set tables in the midst of a suffering world through the bread of life. Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us now confess our sins and ask God for forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who creates, redeems, and sustains us and all of creation. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Faithful God, have mercy on us. We confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We turn from your loving embrace and go our own ways. We pass judgment on one another before examining ourselves. We place our own needs before those of our neighbors. We keep your gift of salvation to ourselves. Make us humble. Cast away our transgressions and turn us again to life in you through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God hears the cries of all who call out in need. And through his death and resurrection, Christ has made us his own. Hear the truth that God proclaims. Your sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ, led by the Holy Spirit. Live in the freedom and newness to do God's work in the world. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And as you go on your way, remember that, more, that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you and lead you into the way of truth and life. Amen. 
And now, go in peace and remember always the poor. Thanks be to God.